right, what's going on, everybody? It is another episode of Should I Play That? Episode 37. We're here. Another week. And uh, it's your boy, Chris. What's going on, everybody? I'm joined this week by Rod, of course. What's going on, Rod? How you doing? Good, good. And we have Elena to wrap up this whole, like, Blizzard and shenanigans thing. I'm excited <laughs> to hear your hot take about this whole thing. I'm really excited. But Elena, how you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Nice, nice. So, um, it, we're, we're finally in November, you guys. Like, we're, it, you know, 2019 is almost over. Y'all, mm-hmm. listen, there is literally two months left in this decade. Have you thought about that? Every waking moment. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> I'm waiting for our demise. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but listen, we, we, we made it past, what was the year that we were all supposed to die? Was it uh, 2012? 2012, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so look at Assassin's that, guys. Assassin's Creed made a game about that, too. <laughs> Final but, moments. Yep. Desmond saved the world. Des- wait, so wait. Uh, that one, that was Revelations, right? No. Was no? it? I think that was three. Oof. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, I think it was three. <laughs> yeah. That game was awful. Yeah, dang. I'm thinking about that. I'm sad. <laughs> that, was like a, that was like a downfall of like a generation right there. Like Assassin's Creed was like at, at one point like looking to be like a really good franchise. But then before we knew it, we we're like, oh, cool. Another Assassin's Creed? Oh, wait. Is another one coming out? Oh, yeah. God, there's, like, six coming out all in one year and a movie. They, like, Call of duty eyes like, that. Just pump them out and all of them being near trash. Mm, yeah, yeah. Except so for, like, of... a couple of good ones, like, Black Flag was pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah, Black, Black Flag, Flag, out of all of those, I think was my favorite. It went on a weird trajectory, because, like, that original one came out, and it was like, oh, okay, this is a cool concept. It's just, like, the same thing over and over again, like, throughout, you know, all 10, 15 hours or however long it was. Um, and it seemed to just be, like, a concept of an idea. But Assassin's Creed 2, it really felt like they had a much, a much better handle on, like, what they wanted to accomplish. And so it ended up being a really good game. And the Brotherhood came out, and you were like, whoa, all right. You know, That's they added got some... me back on board. Yeah, I mean, like, you, they added some awesome systems. And then Revelation dropped and you're like oh okay well not as good as the other ones but that's okay you know they'll, they'll bring it back with 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 three and then that came out and it was just not not great not great so yeah it's a weird trajectory and then like you said black flag came out i think after that or something mm-hmm. um I think it was it was black no wait wasn't there was it black flag that the same year the older consoles got um it got that one game that was only on the old gen we yes. played as uh, like a Templar or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of that? I don't remember. Oh, I, I literally, I, I, yeah, I didn't play it because it was on old gen, old gen at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, what a what a weird franchise. What a time to be alive. Hey, but with Origins that... <laughs> though and Odyssey, they're bringing it back. So I'm happy for that. Yeah, that's I. I don't know, like, I I haven't jumped into either of those yet, but I've, I always hear really good things about it. I've sunk 100 hours, at least, into both games. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think that just might be another backlog game. I th- no, it's crazy. I think at some point, uh, I have, like, Humble Bundle monthly, so I think I have it on PC, and I think... But did you know PlayStation One? I'm giving it out for free. I think I have it, like, on another system. I just don't know where. Mm-hmm. Or it might be... It might just be PC. 
Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I have access to it. So at some point, I'm going to get on that. You know, shout out to a friend. Uh, we were talking about uh, Kingdoms of Amalur randomly today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's like another really good RPG that I like. Com- I always hear about it, but it completely like went over my head or I just didn't care to play it. So I got two games today that is on my backlog. Nice. My massive backlog. And, <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about, you know, a game that I actually completed this week uh, and <gasps> another game that I'm. Yeah, exactly. And another game that I'm playing. Um. I think I'll finish this one too. It was pretty good. But oh, uh before we get into all that, y'all, how was your Halloween? What you what you guys do? Anybody dress up? Anybody, you know, go into any go to any parties, trick or treat, buy your no. own candy? No. I bought my own candy. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, but I went to the gas station, got a bag of Sour Patch Kids and some other ones. I mean, that sounds pretty solid to me. I was going to say, did you pick it up? You're like, all right, October 31st, time to spoil myself. Well, and I just got off from work, so I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with kids for today, so I'm going to grab some candy and then Mm -hmm. go home. Yeah. That's that's fair enough. And then hand out candy to the kids. Oh, that's nice. That's see, that's nice and selfless. You know, you're giving it back for the kids. You know, the hey, that was the title of our episode last week. So you're keeping right in line there. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I, I didn't do too much. I mean, I had to work early the next day, so I didn't do anything much. I did all my stuff kind of like last the, the weekend prior. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty quiet one on the day of. See, you know what? Hopefully, with this new decade that we're about to jump into, I'm gonna learn. Because, you know, th- that makes sense. You know what? I have work the next morning. I have things to do. That didn't happen for me. Well, you know what's weird? So the weekend before, I did something. The day of, no one wanted to do anything. Or at mm. least I didn't hear about anything until, like, last minute. And at that point, I had my comfortable pants on. Mm. And I just wanted to sit back and sort of, you know, play some video games and catch up on some sleep. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. But this past Sunday... Caught up with some old friends that I haven't seen in, like, years. And um, we had, like, a late, you know, uh, Halloween party. And I had a blast. You know, I had, you know, great time seeing some old uh, old friends. Met some new friends. So, new friends. I think at some point during the night, I talked about the podcast and y'all followed us. So, thank you for following us. Thank you for following <laughs> me on social media. Um, so, shout out to you guys. Shout out to you listening. Um, but, yeah, I had work, like, that very next morning. Mm-hmm. And what a wild day that was. Isn't that I, just the adult thing of like, <laughs> hey, there are uh, holidays on a, on a weekday. Oh, I have work the next day. Can't have fun. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it doesn't get better. It's all downhill the, from here. The kids <laughs> in my uh, school district, whenever I went to go sub that next day, they were like, oh, yeah, like half of our class left to go um, – go to the independent schools uh building and protest to have school canceled the next day. Oh, I'm like, wow. why? At least I was like, why don't you guys just protest to have both Monday and Tuesday off of the Thanksgiving week? I was gonna say shout like, out to this, shout out to this generation to, yeah. you know, like where they're they're going out like just yeah. protesting stuff. Yeah. That's, be, that's, being proactive, right. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, but I was like you guys are fighting for the wrong reasons. Just fight to have a a week off for Thanksgiving instead of three days. 
damn, you want to go all in. I kind of respect that too. Yeah, teach them, teach them. Oh, yeah, shoot. I was I was gonna say you should uh, they should petition to actually get candy for lunch during Halloween. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. But then again, some kids can't handle sugar, and I don't want them bouncing off the walls. Once again, another fair point. <laughs> <laughs> some kids, it does the opposite since they're ADHD, but some kids just can't handle it. Oh, it's amazing how candy's like crack to kids. I had this one kid who brought in like half a bag of uh candy, like the trick or treat. All the candies that come into that big bag before mm-hmm. you dump it in mm-hmm. the bucket. And he brought it, and he ate it all during class, and I thought he was going to die. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. But this kid, he's so strange. He seems like a stoner. <laughs> and he's only in eighth grade. So I was really that's worried about, about this that's kid. That's about the right time. That's about the right time. <laughs> yeah, but it's in a white neighborhood, so I was really worried. Oh, wow. <laughs> that that got dark <laughs> real fast. Because <laughs> he's... He was so, like, so strange, and I was like, does he always act like that? They're like, yeah, but he always comes to school high, so. Oh, I was like, so he, oh. Was, he was smacked. Yeah, that wasn't the candy. Yeah. Lana, no. that wasn't the candy. He was smacked. He must have been, but I didn't smell anything. Usually I could smell it, but he didn't smell like it, so I don't know. He had a, he had a pen. <laughs> a you vape know, pen. People are dying from that nowadays. You know? uh, I mean, all right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not about to get into a soapbox, but like that. I feel like that's all like black market stuff. Like just. Oh yeah, it is totally. Yeah, it's and and I don't know if it's like conspiracy theory, but I feel like that's like more or less like the tobacco industry like really spearheading that whole thing. Mm. Like to to the point where like I don't know. Like it's 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 wild how like for years people have like been using vapes. They've been using pens. Nothing. But now that I guess. You know, big tobacco, they see that they're losing a bunch of money. I don't know. It just seems, you know, really weird that it's happening. It seems like more competition rather than them losing money. Because I see signs that says quit smoking and it's under, um, or it's part of like a vape store. I'm like, that's still smoking. Like there's still nicotine in those things. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that because I don't think it's something that's heavily regulated at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's, there's a lot of unknowns surrounding that whole industry at the, right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know what? Enough of that. Let's go ahead and jump into some video games. We're going to, before we um, jump into you know what we've been playing, you know, once again, I I feel like I haven't done this in like an episode or two or might have. I think I might have said it last week. But once again, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you guys really want to help us out. Definitely leave a like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on uh, wherever you're listening to us to. Subscribe, like, if you um, have a Facebook, if you have some sort of social media, give us a shout out, share us. That really helps us out right now. So um, I've seen some people do it in the past. And shout out to y'all. Y'all are some real ones. But um, uh, this week, you know, we have some interesting, you know, news. Like I said, Elena, we have BlizzCon and like that whole debacle. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about uh, the Pokedex uh, that got leaked for Sword and Shield. And uh, really quickly, like like for like a, like a small bit, we're just going to talk about Death Stranding. Because I sort of want to at least just hear everyone's hot take on what happened with that. But uh, before we jump into all that, let's go ahead and jump into what we've been playing. So, Rod, what you been playing, man? 
I finished Outer Wilds. And it, it feels so good. That that game maintained like it's it's uh just greatness for lack of a better term for me. Like I I just lavished all this praise on on the game during the show last week and and man, it just <clears throat> it it really does deserve it and it sticks the landing. Um I I haven't played a game this year or really in a very long time. Um that that has gotten like an emotional reaction from me. Uh I mean I wasn't like, you know, crying or anything, but like it, it was it was powerful. Like there the the ending of this game is is very powerful because it underscores a lot of what makes the game very good to begin with, which is uh you know, exploring discovery uh, and, and the beauty and, and terrifying nature of that, like, of, of discovering the unknown. Um, and it, it, everything that you, everything that the ending itself builds up to, and it is something, this isn't really a spoiler to say, but, like, you know, you, you beat the game within the loop. So, like, technically, if you, if you were, knew everything there, that there was to know about the game, you can beat it in the first 22 minutes. Um, but, it, but the way that you gather all of the information in order to execute a what is basically a perfect run in the loop is like it's astounding. I, I still can't even believe that like this game exists and like this this team w- was able to even make a game like this. There, there's just absolutely nothing on the market like Outer Wilds right now. It's is it it's made incredible. by uh, Annapurna? It's published by them. It's developed by this group called Mobius Games, I think. Um, which is a Annapurna re- has been on it because they also published Sayonara Hearts too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Which I think is also an extremely strong like game of the year contender for sure. Like, um, it, it's they they have they seem like they have a really eclectic style. Like when it comes to games, like everything that they kind of publish seems like. It's it's going a little out there, um, and I I like I, a I really de- devolver in a way. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly what that is. That's 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 a really good example, actually. Yeah, like they're they're pretty wacky and a lot of like they're they're pretty, I would say mature in their themes. Like with with devolver, I would say a lot of their stuff kind of skews adult, and with Annapurna, it seems like they, not to say that you know all of their games don't do that but you know they definitely capture a more like age-friendly marketplace it seems like Uh, at least with the two games that we're we're, we're, that we're mentioning um Mm -hmm. but as far as outer wilds goes man like the 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 soundtrack is is incredible like i've i'm starting to listen to it kind of like outside of the game on spotify and uh i listened to a couple like live renditions of some of the tracks and man i'm just i'm blown away um just with every facet of this game whether it's the music or the visuals um or even the story and the story just is so <laughs> it's so tragic like there are so many elements of uh, of, of emotion to it that like it was it it shook me like to my core like when I finished the game I was finally watching like the real end credits roll I was I was like I, I was shook I was definitely shook um, so it absolutely 110% co-signed you will probably be hearing more about this uh, during our game of the year episode for sure um, it's almost definitely going to be on that list somewhere I don't know where yet but somewhere um, yeah. And so that, that is Outer Wilds. Play that video game. 
And I also went headfirst into Yakuza 4. And man, we're just chugging along here. This is just like a Yakuza train and we're, we ain't getting off, baby. Like this is <laughs> like, it's, it just keeps going. Like, uh, this, this game came out late October and it's the second game in the Yakuza trilogy collection that they are, uh, that Sega is releasing. <clears throat> and these kind of like, uh, Yakuza 3, it has an updated localization. They haven't had to do too much to it because the game itself still looks pretty good. Um, it came, I want to say midway through the PlayStation 3's life cycle. So there's not too much to do. They do up-res it to 1080p. They touch up, um, you know, uh, certain aspects of the graphics, but really it looks, it looks really good. It looks, it looks akin to something like Yakuza 0, which I thought looked pretty good too. Um, and, so. And like frame rate. Why is where are we at? Well, like at sixty frames? Oh yeah, it's sixty. Yeah, Oof, it's nice. Yeah, it's a it's a constant sixty. Yeah, three, four, and five. Uh, the PS4 versions are all gonna run at sixty. Uh, constant. Wait, did you okay. buy that um, Yakuza Six thing that I sent you? I did not. I did not. Oh, it's only fifty dollars. Yeah, I, I haven't bought it yet, but I I probably will purchase it because it's only fifty dollars. Yeah, uh, and what what Elena's talking about is there there was a Yakuza Six. Uh, collector's edition that released when that game came out initially and they had like like whiskey glasses i think and yeah, they two had whiskey mm. glasses and two ice stones yeah yeah it looked really cool and i think it came with like a, yeah it came with like a cool steel book i think um mm-hmm. and like an art book too yeah it looks it looks really cool for 50 bucks that's 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 a hard price to beat um so yeah uh, and with yakuza 4 this represents i wanted to give at least a little bit of time to talk about this just because it's it's actually really different from the other yakuza games so all of the other games so far that i have played because again i'm going through the series for the first time um outside of the original yakuza um but this is the first game that where you play multiple protagonists. Well, I guess outside of Zero, but you're playing four protagonists in Yakuza Zero, and you're not like switching between them every other chapter like in Zero. You're playing them like kind of like chapters one through four, you're playing one character. Uh, five through eight, you're playing another. Uh, nine through twelve, another, etc. So. Oh wait, so all the other ones you're just playing as uh, Kiru? One through three and six, you play only as Kiryu. Okay. Four and five, you play other characters, including Kiryu. Kiryu is in those games, and you do play him, but you're, he's sharing the spotlight with other characters. Um, so far, I am on chapter five. So I have played all the way through one of the characters. His name is Akiyama, um, and he's actually pretty cool. Like, at first, I was, like, really wanting to know what's up with with, uh, with with Kiryu because at the end of 3, like, it kind of ends in a way where it's like, okay, I really want to see what's next. Not like a cliffhanger, but it's I just really wanted to know where they were going to take that character going forward. So, like, not starting out with him and not seeing him for the first, like, you know six seven hours of this game or however long i've been playing at this point like was a little jarring i was like oh man i really want to know what is carry you up to and he's like referenced a little bit but but no you're playing as as a totally different character in camarocho so it's like a familiar you know obviously the familiar city that you've been playing in all these other games i um, mean you're doing all the same stuff like you know you're you're running on the street doing mini games there's karaoke there's golf there's some other new games kind of sprinkled within as well they've actually expanded camarocho so there are actually uh, underground malls now where before you could kind of see them like if you remember chris you might remember this but um if you went to like the coin lockers in camarocho there was like a, sh- a shutter 
Um, but now that shutter is open and that's actually like a mall now and you can go, mm. you can go underneath and like kind of explore around there. There's actually three levels to the city. So there's like the mid, le- the street level, the one that everyone is familiar with. Um, and then there's the underground with the mall, the parking garage and all that other stuff. And then you have the top level, which are like the, uh, like the skyscrapers and things like that. that you can kind of like run on and they're like, a lot of them are connected. Um, so they've done a good job of like expanding the scope of what Camarocho is. So it's familiar yet it's new. And so it's, it doesn't really get, boring after having played like the same city for the four games like they found an interesting way to to balance that out um and another way they've done that is with the characters so akiyama is a he's a loan shark who gives out like money to people with no interest no collateral no nothing like you don't have to ever pay this guy back if you ask for a hundred million yen he'll give it to you with those with those parameters, but the only thing is that you have to pass a test that he gives you, um, and that test could range. It, it could be anything. It could be like, hey, I need you to be a hostess at this club for three days and make 1.5 million yen, or I need you to go uh, find a job in three hours. Like, if you could do that, I'll give you like 100 million yen or whatever they're looking for. So it's he's like testing their resolve to see how bad, like, to see if they really need the money or if they're just trying to use him. And it's not like, you know, obviously morally ethical, but like it, it kind of gets you, it, it's a really unconventional and kind of fun way to, to take control of a character like this who is really different from Kiryu. Kiryu's very stoic and stone-faced and Nakayama's very laid back, kind of like blase about everything. Um, and yeah, it, it's really fun. He's got an assistant named uh, Hana and she's like, she's awesome. She's she's like kind of his secretary and she's always on his ass about doing things. Um, and she even kicks a little bit of ass herself, which is, which is fun to watch. Um, and so they have a really nice rapport as well. It's almost like a Sherlock and, 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 and Watson kind of dynamic. And I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really fun, man. Um, I'm actually in the middle of the second character, or I just started the second character right now. His name is Saijima and he's actually very close to Majima. And I don't know how yet, but he's connected with. Hmm. He's connected with Majima somehow, and I think I think he might be like maybe his brother or something because I remember in Yakuza Zero Majima mentioning something like back in the eighties, uh, something about his brother getting locked up or something happening in his actual blood family to where like you know uh, it was real bad news, real bad news, and they became estranged. I think. I might be pulling that part out of my ass, but something bad happened, and I'm about to find out like what all that is. So, uh, this character actually opened in the '80s, so that'd be kind of wild to see some of that stuff. So, I'm really excited about kind of digging more into this, but but so far, so good. It's it's more Yakuza. The sub stories are really fun. Uh, Yakuza Four is actually where a lot of the sub stories, the side missions, became. Uh, very kind of wacky, like kind of how they are or came to be in Zero and Kiwami 2. So like it's fun seeing like the development team really hone in on that uh, and, and see where that goes. So yeah, so far so good. And that's pretty much what I've been playing for the week. So all right, so let me ask you this. Um, yeah. With you like in the thick of it now with Yakuza, mm-hmm. uh, is there anything coming out this month that might like – pull you off of that game i mean i don't i mean right now i'm still playing ai as well i didn't mention it really um just because there's not too much more to, new to say but um i am working my way through that and i'm, try, I'm trying to adhere to my two game policy like if if i go 
if I add a third game in there, it's like nothing's gonna get done. Like I'm just, you know, um, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to. I want to enjoy these games. I'm not trying to like rush through them, like to get to something else. But you know, uh, it, it really is just a matter of like time management. And when it comes down to it, I only have like I would say two days out of the week, like to just like really dedicate like playing games, uh, like in and in, in the evening. Um, so you know, it, I have to really choose wisely. So this this I don't think this is going to be too much. And I think with Yakuza, especially at this moment. I kind of have the have the flow down of what I like to do. I like to play the stories, like the story missions and all the sub stories. I can kind of I'll dabble in a few of the mini games, but like it's mostly going to be campaign and sub stories. That's it. Like and that'll be maybe like 30ish hours or maybe maybe 40 if I'm really leisurely. So, um I think I can do that in a couple weeks, I'm hoping. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of games. To answer your question, there are a ton of games. I want to play After Party. I want to play Death Stranding. I want to play... Um, there's a lot of games. There's games that, I, that have already come out that I want to play. So, yeah. Um, I even kind of want to play Modern Warfare, which is weird. That's really it's, weird. You know, it's same here. Like, it's really weird. It's like... Um, like I'm getting more and more people to try and like pull me back into Call of Duty, yeah. which I don't really mind because i feel like call of duty is that type of game where you can sort of like pick it up play like a match or two and then go back to doing whatever you want to do right 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 yeah so yeah man uh, to answer your question yes yes there are definitely games coming out that i want to play um i might break honestly and and, and try to do a third game but i'm really trying to blast mm, through Yuck. i was, I was I gonna mean, say don't do that <laughs> I, I mean death stranding is really tempting i like i have a feeling I, like outer worlds i want to play outer worlds so bad but like i know i probably won't like really dedicate the time i really need to that game so right now i'm just trying to blast through ai and, and yakuza so we'll see how that goes yeah i mean I, that, that brings up a really good point to one of the points i wanted to bring to you to um like what are like my what you've been playing but Lena, we're gonna we'll we'll jump into yours which will sort of lead into mine which yeah. hopefully but at that point i'll still remember what i wanted to say uh, so Lena, so Lena, what you've been playing i've been playing uh outer worlds for the most part not outer wilds outer worlds because i got those two confused <laughs> so an important distinction yes and that game is it's so good because I've never played any of the Fallout games before, oh. but yeah, but okay. the game reminds me more of Bioshock One with its dystopian fifties type of style and all the uh, businesses that you like. Kind of you can either work for or work against them. Mm-hmm. Right now, my my build is I'm gonna work against the board and all the corporations and bring that down, bring down capitalism. <laughs> and you can totally play this game as like a dumb brute by putting, like taking away intelligence and perception and stuff like that and just be a dumb brute and work for the corporations. You could totally do that. I can see, see people do that. And what I like though is that if you do that, then your dialogue choices, like, they'll be, like, you'll get a dialogue choice that says, dumb answer. Yeah. And I'm really, I really love the writing of it. Like, I love Parvati. I love uh, Nikoya. She is so cool. 
and uh, uh, Vicar Max. I just got finished with one of his um, companion quests. I think I finished his. I think I finished all of his companion stuff. I, and I this actually, was weird. I was gonna say I didn't really care for his. I, I hear I heard that his character is like one of the best in the game, and it doesn't start that way, but he becomes. No. It. Oh, hmm. That's yes. interesting because once I once I got uh, Nikoya, like he stayed on the ship. Oh, mm. you should finish his side stuff because it goes really weird. And then, um, yeah, I think Pravati is my favorite though because I really want her lesbian relationship to flower. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to work, goddammit. And so, um, I just got to the. I don't know if it's the final area besides the hope but i'm like i feel like i'm only halfway done though like, like with, with the I, game mm-hmm. I, there, I think i spent more time on monarch than i did on um or in monarch than i did uh on emerald Vale. do you so, feel like oh sorry say, go ahead, so Chris. so monarch um monarch is like the part of the game where it's like the biggest chunk because there's so much to do and you're dealing with like, I think what two, no, two yeah, like two two factions, but then those well, two factions two are and involved a half. with two and a half. Yeah, the two like the is involved with another person, which then goes to like the overarching like mainline quest. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of hey, you go do this. All right, I'm gonna go do this. But wait, this person wants me to do this, so I could do this. So I go do that for him. But then now I got to do something else for him so I could do the thing for him so I could go back to do the thing for the other person so that I could finish out the main quest. That sounds like a lot, but that's really, that's <laughs> literally monarchy, guys. Like, it's, yeah. And I don't know. Like, so, so wait, you're, you're off, off of monarch, right? Yes. How far are you into monarch? <sighs> I finished the game today. <gasps> you finished? <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe it. Because yeah. last time I texted you, you were like, oh, I haven't left Monarch yet because you haven't played in a while. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm way by- ahead of him. N- you finished? All right. So, yeah. So when I said I, like, I, I, I'm still on Monarch, apparently I was maybe, like I said, like, Monarch is kind of looted where it's, you're doing, like, different things with different people. I was, like, at the end of each of those, like, quest lines. So I literally had to, like, go talk to people. And they're like, all right, cool. Here's your thing. All right, cool. I'm going to take this thing to the other person. All right, cool. We're going to take this and do it for the other thing. And everything came together at the end. Okay, so you uh, you did the one where uh, you made the pact between the two? Well, I, I, I'm not going to say what I did. I'm not going to okay. say what I did. But what I do love about this game is that now that I'm, oh, I'm quote-unquote, like I said, you know, I'm finished with the game, but I jumped into my second playthrough. <gasps> wow. Okay, so everything I've heard about Outer Wilds and just, like, reading people's reactions, I haven't seen a single fucking spoiler. Wait, are you talking All about the- Wilds or Worlds? Or Worlds, rather. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> well, that too. Like, I haven't seen anybody talk about, like, Outer Worlds, like, spoiler stuff. They either talk about the characters or how they talk about the they love the game in general. Which like, is awesome. Like, I, yeah. I love that because I, like, I want to know more. Because in the meantime, while I'm playing these other goddamn games, like, I really want to play Outer Worlds, but I'm going to, I'm going to be late to the party. So, like, 
every time you guys talk about it or I read about it somewhere, like people are really careful to say, um, you know, or not say certain things, but it's fine because like, it seems like the game's strengths come from almost everywhere else, you know, like the character yeah. writing. Yeah, it's all about like how the characters are written, how uh, they play off of each other. Like, I love how your companions, when you're walking about with them, like they're actually talking to each other. So at some point, I swapped uh, Pravati for. Um... Oh, I'm constantly swapping people, but Sam stays on the ship. Oh yeah, I didn't even finish his quest line. He's still in the. Uh, he's still in the closet. And I'll just and I'll just yeah. leave it at that. However you want to take that, he's still in the closet. I'll just leave yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he's staying on the ship. I'm not taking him out. But um, yeah, I just I I love how um like the the companions they play off of each other and that like involves with like the the story quests that you're doing. Like if you have a character that is against a certain faction, like they'll make it vocal whenever you're talking to someone from that faction. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then, what else? Apparently there's some late stage or late game bugs. Like, if you finish the sublight stuff, like all the sublight missions before getting to Byzantium, then that entire city is going to fucking hate you and try to kill you. Mm. So I've been holding off on her. Dude, that quest, I just finished um one of them to get to the to a certain area, and after I finished that and turned it in, I was like, it, she took a weird turn that I did not expect for her to, for what she said that came out of her mouth. I was like, what? Even the, even your character is like, are you joking? You're, you're serious, right? <laughs> oh my god, it's, the writing must have taken at least six months to a year to write out, because there's so much like, and it all plays off of it plays off of like how you build your character too. That's what I like mm-hmm. is that if you build your character a certain way, you can use like your intellect to sort of like completely like change a whole dynamic of a situation. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. There's so much writing into this game, and I've encountered very little bugs. Every now and then I'll get graphical glitches, but I've never, I haven't encountered any game breaking bugs. I mean, that's really, really good as well. I mean, you look at Fallout, <laughs> you know, like a lot of those Fallout games are not. Dude, Bethesda should be fucking scared of this game because they've, Obsidian has proved that you can make a Fallout style game without being on their, on Bethesda's. Um, engine. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think Bethesda should be scared because the Fallout 76 is such a shit show that's making Outer Worlds be like the diamond in all the other games. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see too what they what they're able to do with the the might of Microsoft uh, and and just their backing, um, their exclusive backing, and seeing what they do with that. Because I'm not even sure at this point. Like, I'm sure they'll probably own the right. Like, uh, Obsidian probably owns the rights, right? Obsidian mm-hmm. owns the rights to Outer Worlds, but anything else after this is uh, Microsoft's. Okay, so in Outer Outer went. in Outer Worlds too is almost certainly on. Xbox only, though. Yeah. 
Okay. That would suck. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see like how where it goes from from there and the kind of push that it would get um, from Microsoft. That's actually what I'm most interested to see is like the marketing behind it. Uh, because I mean, this seemed like it was it was decently marketed. Um, like I I was seeing this in front of like you know football games and and on online and YouTube and places like that. Like you know, constantly ads. So yeah, I, I'm really interested to see where it goes from here. And it seems like a a good blueprint. Again, I haven't played it, but like it for everything I'm hearing, this sounds like a good outline for like a, a franchise. Mm-hmm. And um. There's no colorblind system, or there's no colorblind options because the game was built with that in mind. So, like, how in Overwatch there's a colorblind system or mm-hmm. option for the red and blue, but this one is just, like, purely just colors. There's no, it, there's no gameplay value to the colors. It's just numbers. Oh, okay. Yep. That's pretty cool. Wait, Chris... Uh, mm-hmm. What kind of playthrough did you do for your first one? Okay, so... I'm curious I, on what you're doing for your second one, is the reason why. Okay, so for my first playthrough, I played with high intelligence, high, um, high, what is it? Not perception. It charm? But like, charm, yeah. So high intelligence, high charm, and like, I feel like towards the end of the game, I realized that I was putting it, pumping in most of my stats into those things. Because when it comes down to, like, the, um, like, I really didn't put too many points into the weapons. Like, I put no points into melee weapons. And then with, uh, like, the, um, like, handguns, long weapons, heavy weapons, I only really started putting points into that late game. But for the most part, I was, I, I feel like I was talking my way out of things. But then at the same time, like, if I needed to get into a fight, I had no problem walking through an area and killing everybody. It it didn't matter to me. Okay. So I felt like with me playing that way, I sort of, like, and at some point, like, that sort of matters because someone will say something about that. And, like, I, like, it, like, the game notices how, like, you're characters sort of shifting all over the place, whether or not you stay on one side completely or if you stay on the other side or if you're sort of like how I played sort of in the middle. And I sort of did what I felt was the right thing to do most of the times. Sometimes doing the right thing ended up being the worst thing, but at some point I was able to salvage something. That's what I really like. That's what I love about Outer Worlds is it gives you that layer of choice that a lot of games say that they give you, but they really don't. This one actually feels like it's actually giving me that choice. Yeah. Hmm. And, um, so you put a lot of points into dialogue and, um, the hacking and lockpicking and stuff like that? Yeah, so, like, a lot of times I was able to say, hey, like, 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 say if there was an issue or something, I'm like, I'm, my character's smart enough to be like, hey, yeah, uh, this is how you fix this. So, like, I could maybe, like, I, I probably skipped certain, like, steps in a mission by just, like, in the dialogue tree just saying, hey, I should do this instead. So, yeah, I did that on Monarch. It was like, it was either go find this key or use my engineering saying, hey, you need to do this. And it just mm-hmm. saved me a step of like trying to go kill a monster. It, exactly. So I feel like I, and I feel like that's why I was able to get through the game um, as quick as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to say roughly, I feel like I pumped in anywhere between 20 to 30 hours into this. Maybe maybe more or less towards like the twenty five hour mark. I and feel that's, like that's that's pretty good. Like if we, if for a game yeah. like this, it's really good. And yeah. I feel that like 
I know that I missed out on like a lot of like subquests. I know I missed out on two companions like completely. Like when you look at your my companion screen, there's still like two spots that are missing. So what I like is that even though that happened to me, it didn't it didn't really affect my ending. Like I still feel like I got a relatively good ending. I'm not sure if this game has multiple endings. Like that, I think, oh, I think it does. I think yeah. it has multiple endings, but I feel like the ending that I got was for 25 hours. It was it was good. Now with me doing the second playthrough, I'm playing as um, I'm, I pumped all my stats into like strength, uh, dexterity. Um, my character's still really smart, so when it comes down to like uh, trying to talk my way out of talk my way out of things, I can still somewhat do that. But it's still really early in the game where no, you should make your character really dumb. <laughs> and that's that's my that's my next playthrough. My my third playthrough is my character is gonna be an idiot, and I'm going to like just I think that's gonna be like my my uh, playthrough where I just kill everybody. Because <laughs> you could you just could do that in happens. this game. Yeah, you yeah. can do that in this game. Um, I think my playthrough right now. Uh, oh yeah, what was interesting is. Like, at the beginning, where you're, like, figuring out your character and stuff like that, I didn't know that you can, like, take away points and make your character, like, below average. Yep. I didn't, like, everything is average with a couple of things that, like, above average. Yeah, so you could start the game off with, like, making your person, like, if you wanted to min-max for a certain build, you could do that in this game. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, but I I gotta say that I'm I'm really happy. Like I, that's why the earlier when I said that I quote unquote finished the game. Like right now, like I still have After Party to play, um, and Pokemon's right around the corner. But I'm no, and I also want to pick up Disco Elysium. Mm. But with everything that's in this game and like the different variables of choice that you have, I feel like I'm gonna be pumping more you know, time into this game. Uh, I, I've talked to some people that, like, that played it already. I've talked to one person that has beaten the game twice already and has had, like, multiple playthroughs and, like, plays different. That just shows you, like, how how good this game is. Because by now, I feel like if I've, if I've gotten through a game this quickly, I have already would have been on my next game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, where do you think I am at my playthrough if I just got to uh, Byzantium? So... That part of the game can, I feel like you're in like you're, you're like the back half of the game. So, you, so I'm getting close to two, like two thirds way through. Yeah, okay. that's, that that I would say is maybe like the two thirds. Okay. Because I've been doing like a lot of the side missions. And like I think I'm nearly maxed out all the side mission stuff in Monarch like the first go around. Okay. See, when I when I got to uh, uh, Byzantium, I literally like I had someone come up to me and was like, "Hey, this is happening. Help me!" I talked to him. I'm like, "Yeah, I'll help you." And like they turn around and go off into the direction where the mission is. And I'm like, "Nah, fuck you. I'm not doing that." <laughs> go back into my menu. I'm like, "All right, main quest. This is what I'm doing right now." So, <laughs> yo, I, I'm gonna be in that fucking movie. I'm so excited. I'm gonna be a movie star in Byzantium. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be a model. Okay, so yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, like he he turned around, walked away, and I was like, yeah, I ain't doing that. Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm gonna follow that up later after I've explored the city. 
Yeah, but and what I uh, next next part that I point I want to give about the game is that every planet has like a distinct like feeling and look to it. That's awesome. So yeah, so uh, this you know the, the first the, one is shitty. And yeah. The last one is pretty okay, even though like all the stores are closed. They're closed, but something that like I thought that was really interesting is that um you know this this that planet is. It's supposed to be like the the high end planet, like the the planet where like people they just like they live there. They don't really have jobs, but they have money. Yeah. And when you like you see like you you'll literally go onto the street where you see a bunch of vendors, and by vendors I mean like you know the vending machines where you can buy stuff. And I, there was a time where I walked up to it and I was like, oh, let me buy some like ammo. Let me buy some like lockpicks. Before I bought stuff, I realized that there's like a little red thing. At the top of the screen that said, like, there was, like, a 20, 30% uh, upcharge. So, yeah. So, you got to be careful on that planet. You got to watch out. I haven't haven't bought anything from the vendors because I've just been looting stuff. Oh, apparently on Twitter, I saw this chick. She's like, is there a way to have everybody de-aggro you on uh, the Groundbreaker? Because she just kept on stealing stuff to where she pissed off everybody on that ship. Hmm. Hmm. So if you steal too much, you can fuck up your game, well, or at least good, an area. Good life lessons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the game is really great. I'm super excited. I don't know if I'll be a like after this. I don't know if I'll do a second playthrough or not. But I'm gonna try to jump into Death Stranding. Maybe depends. I'd, on. I'd say this game definitely warrants that additional playthrough because early into the game. And by early, I mean like the first ten-ish hours. There's there's a point where like I'm sort of gonna make a specific save point where I can sort of go off and do something different. But like the game sort of gives you choice on like you know stabbing someone in the back really early in the game, and I want to see what happens. Oh, I, should, I, I, I even your heard about third that, playthrough. Yeah. You should do one where you take every single uh, flaw. Like accept every single flaw and see how how fucked up your game gets. So you know what's funny about the whole flaw system? So in this game, uh, they, it, there's a really cool mechanic where let's say if you come across like robots a lot and just like start they do, they, them. yeah, and they they do like a lot of damage to you, come out of a fight and like you barely make it out of it. You'll then come across a screen that's like that'll pop up and say, "Hey, your character is afraid of robots now." So you can either take the debuff. Of being afraid of robots, but then taking that debuff, you then get a perk that you can now like power up something else. So I think it's really it's really interesting. Like when it first started popping up, I was like, no, I'm not going to take these debuffs. I think that's stupid. I don't think you know having like I think a the mine point... attribute ones is the worst because it affects more than one area. Mm-hmm. That one's really bad. Yeah, and and they it'll do it with like a couple things. So like it will affect you when you come across a certain enemy. Uh, there are some flaws where, like, you can't take, like, physical damage too much. Um, permanent concussion. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I, uh, but you're right. I think I'm going to do a playthrough where, like, anytime something pops up, because, like, for the first, for the most part, my first playthrough, the first maybe five or six flaws that popped up, I decline them, and once you decline them, I don't think they pop back up. No, they don't. Yeah, I've accepted one, and it hasn't really affected me all that much. 
I think it it was like a minus one uh, perception. But then whenever I went to my attribute screen, it just has it as zero percent bonus to headshot criticals and stuff like that. So. Yeah, because in this game, you can sort of build your armors to sort of offset your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about, like, I was figuring out, like, why my guns, like, all these guns that I pick up suck. And then I was like, here, let me really take a look at the workbench. And I'm like, oh, tinkering is where you make yep. the damage go up. Yeah, like the game makes like a really big emphasis on, uh, you know, going to the workbench, repairing your weapons, uh, tinkering them so you could do more damage. You could add mods. Um, so, yeah, so like if, if you're playing it, if you're doing a playthrough where you know you're going to be using weapons a lot, definitely invest into like the engineering tab because that's, that's what you need Mm. right there. Mm. Yeah, I just sell all your stuff because tinkering gets so expensive so quickly. It does, but you, later on in the game, you get perks that like uh, decrease that value. So isn't it engineering that will make that cost less? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've just been pumping it into um, dialogue and block picking and hacking because that seems like it has the biggest impact in gameplay. It does, yeah, because it, it it will literally open up doors for you where you mm-hmm. can sort of. Um, like completely bypass boss fights. Like I was, I was, I was actually, I was playing, uh, at some point last week and I was telling my cousin how like, Hey, like he was watching me play it. I was like, yeah, you know, this is the type of game where like I could talk my way out of a boss fight. And I walked up to an enemy and I felt like I was supposed to fight him. And it was like a bunch of like marauders in the area too. But I, like for some, for some reason I was able to like talk my way into like becoming friends with him or something like that. Where he was like, Oh, you know what? You're a cool person. I'll just let you into this area. And I was able to just walk into the enemy area and take what I need. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's pretty awesome that the game allows you that much, uh, diversity and choice and just general freedom. Yeah. And the biggest part is that the game isn't fucking broken. I know, yeah. because it's not a Bethesda's engine. It's on Unreal. Yeah, so, you know, with with me finishing this game... Um, Wait, I, did you I, finish all the sublight missions? Nah, I didn't. <gasps> Dude, you're missing on some weird shit. Dude, I, I, you know what? I said the same thing when Chris went through Yakuza 0, and I was like, <laughs> Dude, you have to go through, like, most of the side stories, because that's where all the wacky content comes from, is, is the sub stories. Yeah, you're right. And that's how I felt about Chris whenever, or not Chris, but uh, Rod, whenever he went through Ori in the Blind Forest and made it alive with, like, six life things. I'm like, dude, you just made the game harder for yourself. Yeah, but I didn't skip any story content, though. No, I just, that's... Did I you didn't... do the DLC? Yeah, I did, yeah. Okay. I just, I just bossed through the whole game. That's all that was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, with finishing it, I want to definitely, like, give it the recommendation. Y'all, you should definitely play it. Play it if, you know, you like RPGs. Play it if you've, like, played Fallout before, if you've played Bioshock. Um, Bioshock. Um, anything that we, you know, we said that sounds interesting to you, you'd, you'd pick this game up, and I feel like you'd really enjoy it. Um, and what I really like about it is that I think it's definitely, like, it warrants the purchase. Because, like I said, like, I just finished a playthrough took me about 25 hours, but I'm already in my second playthrough, and with me already knowing, like, where to go, what to do, 
that helps me out. But then at the same time, like I'm able to now do different things that is like, it's sort of like changing up the story a little bit. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I can't wait to play this game. This just wants, I I just want to play this game right now. You can save for like Thanksgiving probably. I bet you can do it through Thanksgiving. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. That's, that might be the plan. All right, cool. So, uh, Elena, do you have any other, uh, anything no. else you want to say about Outer Worlds? Oh, um, I highly recommend it, because I didn't think I was going to like it, because I never played any of the Fallout games before, and I was like, God, I don't know. I'm not very good, like, I've never been interested in, like, dialogue-heavy games and stuff like that, but I don't know, this one just clicked. And it just reminded me a lot, a lot of uh, Bioshock. You don't, even, one. you don't even like sci-fi generally, right? Like that's why no, you don't play. Not at that's all. why that's why you don't play Destiny. Yeah. So this really, if I hate sci-fi and this game has got my interest, then that's a, a lot of high praise coming from me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So um, I do want to shout out one more game before we um, please. Yeah, before we jump into our news for the week. So, uh, I, once again, I think I talked about this last week, but guys, if you are on Xbox, if you're on PC, Games Pass, you know, that's how I was able to play Outer Worlds Day 1, and that's also how I was out. Is it huh? a dollar on Game Pass for Outer Worlds? Wait, what do you, oh, I mean, for your first month, yeah, it's a, it's a dollar. Yeah. Um, but then I was also able, Day 1, to play After Party. So, so good. Yeah, oh. so, um... After party, it's a um, I I don't I say it. You, not, what walking simulator? <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna say that. I wasn't gonna say it was like it's an indie adventure story rich game. How about that? Is that better? Yeah, yeah, that's better. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and um, so I'll go ahead and start and say that I only really played maybe an hour of this before um I played it. I think the day it came, no, day after it came out, mm. and played this before. Like I had like a day a vacation with some family, but um, I'm definitely gonna finish up this game because I've heard that it's about five ish hours to finish, which for a game like this, that's perfect. Um, but in this, like I said, it is like an adventure. Uh, like you, it's, it's an adventure game where like your choice matters with your dialogue choices, with uh, like what you say to characters, but. In this game, you're playing as uh, two characters simultaneously who sort of, like, travel together. Um, but it turns out they, they ended up dying. They don't know how, but they they feel like, you know, they were wronged and they want to get out of hell because that's where they got sent. And their loophole to get out of hell is to beat Satan in a drinking game. Sounds easy enough, right? Wrong. Apparently there's, like steps to like getting to satan to like you have to go through different bars or something like that like i haven't gotten too far into the game that's sort of like how it's building up right now but i got sort of with what i've played so far i can sort of get the gist of like a couple of the game mechanics in it that seem really cool so um this game like i said it's really dialogue heavy um you're uh, in situations where you have uh, like one or two things to say, but 
I want to say maybe about like that hour into the game, they, no, not even an hour into the game, like right at the beginning of the game, they open up like a third choice of, you know, you could take a drink and it will open up like a third dialogue choice. So, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. So at first it's like, you know, you saying whatever. And then once you actually get into hell, uh, you have a choice of what type of drink you take and those drinks alter what that third choice is. So oh, whether or not, yeah, whether or not it's you being really aggressive or saying something, you being super flirty, um, like it sort of changes up with each drink that you take and each bar that you go to has like different drinks that you could take. So this is made by Night School Studios. This, these are the, the guys who, who made, um, who made Oxenfree. And so a lot of what you were doing in Oxenfree is walking around and solving puzzles and things like that. But one of the things that to me was most striking about Oxenfree is the fact that the dialogue system was not only, not only was the game well written, but it was the, the way that dialogue is implemented into the gameplay was very unique. So like dialogue is actually happening as you're literally as you're playing, you're controlling these characters and, and it's very, uh, it's very natural. So like dialogue is on a timer in Oxenfree. And mm-hmm. so it's like, if Just you like don't, this. okay, so it is similar to this. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So for example, um, in one of the first bars you go into, um, you, you go in with a demon and she's part of, she's on a list of another party that's going upstairs and she leaves you downstairs. So, well, it turns out the person whose party it is, he's downstairs, you know, taking shots with people. Um, then it turns out that they're playing beer pong. So yeah. now that's that's where you know you get your your drink that where that opens up that dialogue choice for you and while you're playing beer pong you have the choice of taking those drinks and like now saying certain things to sort of either um make the person really like you or hate you. Mm, okay. It, and like just like an oxen free is it I mean is not saying anything also an option. Yes. Like, Okay. Yeah, so if you so if you don't say something within a certain amount of time, like they'll give you the option of saying two things, but then you'll start seeing those choice bubbles disappear. Okay. To the point where like you just can't you know you missed out on saying something. That that's so awesome because it makes it it makes any bit of exposition like it makes it um like you have direct influence on it. You you have agency over every single bit of dialogue in a game in in those games. And 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 that's what I really found powerful. Like not saying anything is just as valid of an option. I could never see the strings like that were being pulled. It everything felt so natural. Yeah. So, you know, like the little that I like little that I've played this like I, I know I want to go ahead and finish this game, but then I, I never played Oxenfree, so I think I have this on the Switch, maybe on the PC. I got it free somewhere, so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna figure out what system I have it on, and after I finish After Party, I'm gonna go back and play uh, Oxenfree. Yeah, yeah. The, the After Party thing se- seems really cool too, because it seems to build upon like the concepts that Oxenfree kind of put forth especially with like you know revealing different dialogue options based off of drinking like that that idea i'm I'm shocked i haven't seen that before in a game like that seems really cool Mm -hmm. and and it feels like things that i'm saying it like it it carries over throughout the conversation it carries over like in the story Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not like that that oh you know you said this one thing it affected like one choice no so it seems like it's actually like i'm actually uh, 
like a part of the story. Right. And my choice actually matters. So yeah, it's again, like shaping and, the narrative. Yeah, once again, another game that is like giving you actual choice. And yeah. I, I I really like that. Like I feel like we're I feel like we're in a golden age right now of like of gaming. You think? You feel that? Is that just me? Am I just being like have I just played uh, good games back to back right now? No, I mean I think like it, this is the season right now. Like games are coming out and and generally I think are being good. We had a rough start, but I think like they're getting way better, way better I right think, now. Like at least 2018 and 19 and possibly 2020 are probably some of the best games for this generation. And that's the way we should you know leave this generation. I feel like and that that's, that's the way it should be, honestly. Uh, at this point, uh, developers, they know, uh, you know, what hardware they're working with. They sort of have a, you know, a thing going. They, they, they should be able to plan these things out. So I'm happy about that. I will say that, uh, one thing about After Party that I'm not liking is, uh, performance. I was, oh, wait, wait, in what way? Voice acting or? No, no, like... performance. Uh, no, like, um, like frame rates and everything. Oh, so the, really? Well, yeah, yeah, that's the one issue I'm having right now. I'm playing it on a um, Xbox One Slim, but I'm here, like, I'm hearing, like, just in general that people are having issues with, like, the frame rate dropping in, like, open areas, and sometimes, and this, this has happened to me, where I'm walking with an NPC, and they're talking about something, but then I guess I'm walking too fast, and I sort of, like, cut off what they're saying and they go immediately into another dialogue tree. oh i hate that okay yeah that's that's weird so like Oxenfree, actually i don't recall any sort of performance hitches in that game and, and that wasn't a particularly uh stressful game on on any system so is there something that after party is doing like graphically that's causing that i mean it looks really cool um but i don't really i don't i really don't see why it's giving me an issue Interesting. Okay. Huh. But I'll say this: it's not something that's like consistently happening, but sure. it's happening. But it's happening at times where like it's noticeable. Mm. Okay. And speaking of performances, uh, how are like the voice acting? Because that's another aspect of Oxenfree I thought was really really strong. They got great oh, voice actors. Yeah, yeah. Like by far, like I'm I'm invested in like it, this is the type of game where i feel like if they don't have the performances down pat then like that's that's the game right there like you yeah you, you really can't have it <clears throat> so uh yeah i mean like all of that i'm really enjoying i'm really excited to jump into this uh this week um and then you know i'm, I'm still playing destiny 2 on the side um shadow keep they're they're still doing the I think Iron Banners is this week and then they're also doing the Halloween event. So, but I feel like I'm at a point in Destiny where like last week I didn't really I didn't do any Nightfalls I didn't do like you know certain things but I'm still doing enough where like I could play like a couple matches of, of Crucible or I could maybe do a couple strikes or do like uh, the I could do a Nightfall and get enough drops where I could see the progression, but I'm not rushed to, like, get to the cap anymore. Mm, okay. Well, that's kind of a good place to be, then. That's, like, a relaxed spot. Yeah, I just I, I just need to... I really want to do raids again. Like, But I feel like that's, like, a whole investment that I'm not mm. sure I really want to jump into. Like gathering people for it. Yeah, 
gathering gathering people and then making sure that we all have time to get through the raid and you know that's that's a whole thing but yeah. i mean the community is still to the point where like i could go to reddit or i could go to social media and be like hey like who still plays destiny who wants to do a raid or who wants to do you know like some strikes and people will jump in so it's not that i can't find people to do it with is <laughs> it's like whether or not whether or not i want to do it and like like invest the time into it so yeah that's that with destiny 2 okay. and that's pretty and that's pretty much what i've been playing this past week um like i said uh out of worlds definite thumbs up check it out you guys um you know black friday's right right around the corner right so, around ads are dropping yeah ads are dropping right now um listen to our past episodes if you want to sort of like get a feel for what games to look out for um I'm thinking about doing, I might do like a post on social media about, you know, certain games to look out for. So, uh, definitely follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, guys, let's go ahead and jump into the news this week. Um, we're going to start the news this week with more or less of like a discussion. Not even really a discussion, but I just want to get Rod and Elena's hot, hot takes on the Death Strangling reviews that uh, dropped this week or this past week. So, um, the embargo's lifted, what was it, November 1st? Yep. And... 3 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. Rod, like, wait, so, I mean, I feel like you guys, you and Elena, I think you, both of you guys were, like, actively, like, waiting for it. Like, I, it, it, I forgot about it until the point where, like, you guys are like, yo, guys, Death Stranding reviews are out, mm-hmm. and, oof. Yeah, I went to sleep that night going like, man, tomorrow's going to be uh, really interesting. <laughs> uh, oh, I went I, to bed and then I woke up like, oh man, Death Stranding reviews, what? And then started reading all these uh, reviewers' hot takes, or what they thought of the game, rather. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I mean, really none of the, so, so none of us have, play, have played it yet. Um, but by the time you're hearing this, it's out there in the wild. I may have fucked up and purchased it, but, uh, you know, we, none of those reviews surprised me. So if they're all over the map, right? Like there are, there are people who are, you know, just kind of exacting all sorts of praise on it and say, oh man, this is a masterpiece. It's Kojima's magnum opus, you know, yada, yada. And then there are other people saying this is garbage and people literally, not even finishing it or wanting to finish it uh, because it's so boring and bad and just generally not good with a capital N and G. Uh, so yeah, I, I really am not shocked about any of this. So we saw the Tokyo game show presentation of what this game was. And after watching 50 minutes of that, I was like either Kojima is pulling the greatest like metal gear solid two style troll on us ever or or this game is not great or it doesn't look like super compelling to me um and no like what he showed is not a troll like that is that is the game and it is now you want to talk about walking simulator he he almost <laughs> literally made walking simulator the game like that is what he did with this um and there are still wacky kojima concepts like the 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 baby and the BTs and void outs and all all these all these other concepts that very much ring true of like what Kojima does, but Kojima slams back uh he slams back uh Monster Energy drinks too. 
Monster Energy, yeah, his signature (laughs) consumerism. Like, yeah, what the, I can't even begin to explain to you what this game is trying to say, partially because I haven't played it myself yet, so I'm only really going off of what I've seen already and what other reviewers have, have been saying. Um, and I mean, really bottom line, none of this has shocked me. Uh, Elena, did any of this surprise you? Were you excited? Were you let down? What was your reaction? There was, like, obviously it's very polarizing, but it's what you took from the game. If you think it's a boring, if you hate walking simulators or anything of the sort, then you're probably not going to like the game. But if you think you can find value in it by watching, like, maybe a few hours, maybe ten hours, I don't know, and you think you want to try the game yourself and you might like it, then... I would say go for it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this game has, like, the conversation around it, I, it, it, it's not really based on, like, a lot of the characters and story and things like that. A lot of anecdotes I'm hearing about the game are kind of, kind of like how we were just talking about Outer Worlds, right? Like, you know, we were talking about, you know, all of the, like kind of gameplay moments that really struck you guys um which i mean but we also did talk about how the characters and writing was was generally pretty good um there is like emergent gameplay in death stranding that i think people will be sort of referring to for a time and saying like wow like somebody built a really fucked up ladder here like wow you know and and things like that like i think kind of like how i treated metal gear 5 like i had so much fun playing that game couldn't really give less of a shit about the story, but like the, but the story wasn't even finished to begin with. Right, exactly, exactly, and it shows in that game. Um, it, there's just not much there to chew on. But that game was one of my favorite games of that year because of just how much fun it was to play, and I had tons and tons of of awesome storytelling or uh, storytelling moments that purely came out of what I did in the game, and I think that's what Death Stranding might give to some people. Um, if they I can stomach some, 50 hours of it. Yeah. I saw some reviews, like, they may have not liked it, but they praised the ambition of it. Like, yeah. they were like, hey, he took a stab in the dark with this new type of game or whatever, and yeah. I can't knock it for it trying something new. Which like, is, I saw which a is lot valid. of that. I was say, is it any type of game, or did he just, like, take a walking simulator game and, like, pump it up? To 11. I, I think that's, I honestly, without having played it yet, it seems like it's the latter. Like it's, it's that. I don't think it's some new type of game. Like he's, I know he's been out there saying that like on the press circuit, but I don't, I don't really think that's what, what yeah, it is. Like I um, feel like we've played these games. It's just that there are, you know, tied behind publishers, no developers that had, you know, they, they had like really small budgets. Kojima exactly. got a blank check to make this game. Right, right. Yeah, which, yeah. which, which, I mean, is kind of like cool in itself. It's like he, he you know, he was able to and he execute. Got so many star like cast members too, like Hollywood. Yeah, like bankable stars. Yeah, like Maz Mikkelsen or yeah, like there's a lot of like actually legitimately good actors in this thing, which is baffling to me. But like, but that, but cool. Like, right? Was, like, this is his, it was. It was just a weird flex. It's it's. It it's his crazy experiment that he was given like all this money for. And like part of me really wants to see that. Like, I want to see how fucked up this game is. And like, 
And that's that's kind of the appeal mm-hmm. at this point. Nah, that happened with me with Anthem. That happened <laughs> to me this year with Days Gone. Like yeah, that's true. Yeah, but... and, and listen, and and I feel like this goes back to my argument about when you're looking at like you know review scores, when you're looking at you know just the whole concept of should I play that? At the end of the day, if it's not fun, like to me, I'm always gonna say no. If so I, if so I, it might if be I'm a physical not, purchase, not a digital purchase? Yes. If I end up buying this game, which at some point I will, but it's going to be, like, on sale, down the road, like, I have to have, like, coupons and stuff for this. Not, not like, saying that to, like, you know, uh, as, like, an insult to Kojima or this game. It's just, it's not, like, my cup of tea right now. My argument to that would be the, like the difference because I don't I don't think that like Anthem and Days Gone are really in the same. They're not uh, okay, boat, so they're not right? they're not in the same boat. But I'll at least say that Days Gone is in the same boat in my mind as in like you have one crowd of people that are liking the game, they're saying it's great, and then another crowd that's saying this game is fucking boring. Like what? Why? What are we doing here? But the difference is, like, with Days Gone, like, how many times did I say, like, before that game even came out, like, man, this looks generic, wow, this looks so bland, what is this, just like, okay, it's it's zombies and bikes, two things that we've seen multitude of, like, in media just kind of smashed together, like, we can't really say that we've seen anything like Death Stranded. Because I've never never seen Norman's Reedus have a fetus walking around with a ladder, I've never seen that before, you're right. That's a that's a pretty good rhyme, by the way. That's the title for the episode. Norman Reedus with a fetus. Um, so, I mean, but, but, okay. My point though, like on paper, if it wasn't Kojima, if it wasn't like these high profile, you know, uh, actors and actresses in this game, would you care? That is. Would okay. you would you care if that's, Kojima's name was not behind this game? That is the thing, Chris. Like that's what I'm saying. Like is fascinating because I don't think I haven't answered that question. I I don't know. Like. I think you can't really remove his yes, name from the product. Like, yes, you can. For this, I'm I get guarantee. I can guarantee you, if we could find like anyone in this, we could find a non-gamer to like look at this and like then compare it to like another game that actually looks fun. Well, I guess we could like sort of see which one would they point towards, which one would they gravitate towards. I mean, but that's what's happening. He was just Kojima was just on Conan, like. A few weeks ago, like you know, promoting the game, like this, this is is this is big. How did, and how does that go? Because Conan, he's a troll. Like, I mean, it, yeah, he sort of trolled it, but not really that hard. Like, he didn't go he's hard. Like Jimmy Kimmel troll. Let's be real here. Uh, well, Jimmy Kimmel, or you mean Jimmy Fallon? No, Kimmy, Jimmy Kimmel is a troll. Oh, I haven't seen him like talk about games ever, but. But sure, I, I believe it. Like, I mean, the the thing is, like, this is Sony's big holiday game. Like, this is the game that they're hoping that people, like, from the mainstream do look at and say, oh, wow, that looks cool. Like, that's that's the thing. And, and why I say we can't really – it's hard to, to separate the two is because Death Stranding is Kojima. Kojima is Death Stranding. Like, that is – just like you could say the same thing about Metal Gear. Like, they're, they're distinctly Kojima products. Like, it's – like, could you? The answer to the question is really, I, I mean, I honestly don't know, but maybe not. Maybe. 
I think on its own, the concepts of this game look cool. Like, and I'm not talking gameplay. I'm talking like the idea, the aesthetic, the the basic idea. And if you know what a void out is, that shit like actually sounds cool. Like, if you guys have you guys do you guys know anything about the narrative at all? No, I'm trying Mm. to go in as dark as possible. As dark. All right. So I won't talk about it here. But like, there are certain concepts in the game that like actually on its face sound really cool and if kojima wasn't attached i would i would still it would pique my interest i'm exponentially more interested because it's his name attached but like before from, from what i'm hearing though is that like a, a lot of it really isn't like tied i don't say tied together but like it i i feel like the the hype behind the game where we're like yo what is this game what is it about and like people like coming up with like Fan theories, like the fan theories at this point, sound sound better than what I've like I've seen about this game. And that's probably going to be true. Like at the end of the day, that's 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 probably true. Like with almost anything too. So yeah, I mean, probably it's going to fall in that same boat like uh, Dark Souls uh, YouTube channels do. Yeah, sure, sure. Like I mean that that that's valid, very valid. But I mean also I think Dark Souls uh, narratives are so they're so fake. Yeah, they're like obfuscated from with like with other things. Like it's so far in the background that extrapolating that information is is work sometimes. Like it can take work, and so like I understand why those channels exist, and it makes it makes sense to me. And you're probably right. Like the the fan theories around Death Stranding probably are going to be way more interesting. Like then the spoilers you could probably just read about it. Um, but yeah, I that's the thing is like, like this conversation to me is is fascinating, and and probably. <laughs> what I'm gonna get most out of the game is like the conversation around it and like what it means. Not necessarily the game, but itself, but the game is like a concept, like as an idea and what it means for the industry and the people that are gonna play it. And, and you know what, Rod? Yeah. I respect that. I I will I will like I'll sit back and I'll listen to what you have to say about the game when you play it, and I'll just leave it at that. Like you could like I guess not on the show, because I'm sure you don't want to spoil people, but this is, this is gonna be one of those games where I'm like, fuck it, like, what is this game about? Like, yeah, and that, that is, that is not me trying to get you to play the game, by the way. Like, oh, I, hell no, because I'm not. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think, the more I think, I think the more that I think about it, like, I, I'm, yeah. Cause it's long, like, it's supposedly like, you know, somewhere between 50 to 60 hours, like, just yeah. to complete oh, the story, oh, which is oh, like, God. I hear that and I shudder, like, I get, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh god, like that's it's not appealing to me. Um, that's what I with uh, Days Gone. Like I started playing it and I was like, eh, I'm not really feeling this. Let's see how long this game is supposed to take to beat. What? What was yeah. it like? What sixty hours? Eighty it hours? Was, it was long. It it was long. It was like something something like fifty or something. Yeah, I immediately put the game. I immediately put the game back in the case and traded it back in. Yeah, that's which how, is that's a great no cap. Is too. It's pretty long. Yeah. Yeah, like I hear that, and it's like I it makes me not want to play the game. Honestly, is is that in time? But who knows? I, I'm curious enough to where you know, and stupid enough, third time's the charm, right? Like to to probably try it. So, um, we'll Man, see. Silent Hills would have been so cool. Yeah. RMP Silent yeah. Hills. Do, do you want to shout out Kojima for saying, hey, after this game, we're just going to start making films. Good. As you should. <laughs> I would love to see him try to make films. I, I want to see how weird that. it is. Yeah, I'd watch that for sure. 
but I think he's important to the gaming medium too. Like I, you know, I, if he wants to do that and branch out, please, by all means, I'll support him. But like, you know, I think he has a place. I, I, it does kind of frustrate me when people say like, you know, oh, he should only be making films. Like I think he's done some really good things in the space of games that, oh, that yeah. make him. Oh, fun. yeah. He, he's, he's definitely earned his place in like, you know, the, the video game hall of fame. Like I, you could never take that away from Kojima, but yeah. this game, this, ah, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious I mean, what it's happens after this. Completely different game. from his uh like military style games that he usually makes because he just loves uh military like just military stuff genre like yeah. spy movies and stuff like that. Yeah, after this is this is the chance that he got after Konami where it was like, hey, like everyone in the industry loves you and trusts you, make whatever the hell you want. And he literally made whatever the hell he wanted. Um, and so I'm very curious. I'm almost more curious about what's next rather than like Death Stranding itself. Like I want to know what the next game is, like how much this sells, the reception to it, like the general reception and like what he decides to do after. It's going to and but that's the thing. It's going to sell like. I feel like it's going to sell. And so far, like, where's the medic? Where's the Metacritic at at this point? It's like 80 or something. 80? Yeah. 80, so, 85 or something like that. Somewhere. Yeah. It's not going to get like the 90s that I'll, that they were probably hoping that they were going to get, but people are still going to buy this game just based that Kojima's name is behind it based on the fact that there's like so much hype behind this game. Yeah. I, if Outer Wild or Outer Worlds can get an 85 on Metacritic, I think this game will do just as fine. I think this game is going to be fine ultimately. They gave this game out for to reviewers like weeks in advance, weeks, and lifted the embargo a whole week before launch. Like I think Sony knew the kind of game they had on their hands here, so they oh, kind yeah. of wanted to get it was going to be polarizing yeah. too. This, yeah, this couldn't this couldn't have been a game that a reviewer could have like overnighted. No, like they, I feel like they definitely had to take the time playing the game and take the time digesting what's going on, which is walking. Yeah, driving. I, yeah, I, I don't think they expect. I don't think they, as in Sony, expected a it slam dunk with everybody. I think they knew this game, like you just said, Elena. I think they knew it was going to be polarizing. That they knew it was going to divide some people. So they wanted to kind of just go ahead and get out ahead of that. Um, and and obviously the PC announcement came like the day before. I think the reviews mm-hmm. dropped or something like that. Um, which I think was funny timing, but um. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come, what? I was, was going to say, but then, you know, at, at the same time, Kojima was like, hey, y'all, <laughs> some of y'all ain't going to like this game. I'm just going to let you know now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's intriguing for him to say. But I mean, it's, it's cool. It's honest. Like, you know, he knows he's making whatever he wants to make, and that's cool. I respect that. So we'll, we'll have to come back to this game for sure. Yo, if that game looks good on that uh, Decima engine from Gorilla, I can't wait to what, for what uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 looks like on yeah. next gen. Yeah, definitely. Oh, God, it's going to be beautiful. I'm looking at the next story, and I, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm already disappointed. <laughs> I'm, I'm even more disappointed now because like I'm trying to prep myself for talking about it. But fuck it, let's just go, let's jump into it. So, um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, it's right around the corner. Uh, I think the 15th, Two weeks. Four, yes. yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, so, uh, you know, of course, with these games coming out, uh, you'll, you'll get leaks, you'll get people who get it early, people 
people that get strategy guides early and they put the information out on the internet. So one of the biggest, you know, polarizing things about Sword and Shield was that, um, this game is going to be the first game ever in the history to not include every single Pokemon, or at least in a mainline game, not include every single Pokemon. So that's something that they told us, you know, a year out, you know, just to prepare us. And here we are, the game's about to come out. And I don't know, I just, I wasn't prepared for it. So there, there's been a leak on the Pokedex of, you know, the new Pokemon, as well as the returning Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And... It's, I don't know, it's really hard to look at. You have, uh, you know, fan favorites coming back, like Charizard. But, but they said no starters. But literally no other starter from any other generation to return. Um, you have, uh, it's, what's, what's, I'm just like sort of looking at this chart that you can pull up on the internet. Um, just type in, you know, Pokemon Sword and Shield, returning Pokemon. It's out there. But, I mean, look, you can sort of just, we can sort of just look at Gen 1, because that's, like, everyone's go-to. Um, Dragonite isn't coming mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mewtwo isn't coming back. Scyther isn't coming back. Um, Alakazam isn't coming back. Isn't like, it, like, are, 90 yeah, I mean, yeah. Which... People are gonna probably hate me for this, but I'm a gen I'm a gen one kind of person. Like I love that's the one I played. I'm, I identify like with those Pokemon the most in terms of like what I see Pokemon as. Like gen one and two, like so blue, red, and uh, gold, silver. Like those are the ones I love the most. But like I'll take some new ones. Like some of the ones look fucking stupid, but like I'll take them anyway. Like there's over 400 Pokemon to catch. Okay, like come on. Do you yeah, really just, want like eight hundred to catch? So it's yeah. it's more so it's more or less for me that the ones that aren't in the game are the ones that I normally like. If I'm doing competitive battling, if I'm uh, like building a team, I have like go tos. So you know, I have Blaziken, I have Kangaskhan, like Pokemon that you when when I mean, but I guess it really falls down to like how whether or not you're a casual Pokemon. Like if you play Pokemon just right. casually. Yeah. You'll be fine. Like right, right now yeah. you just, you're just hearing me bitch about it. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but I like I'll I play every mainline that comes out. I'll you know occasionally play the spinoffs, but like for the most part, when it comes down to the mainline games, like I'll play through the you know the campaign with you know wherever I catch in the game, and then at the very end, you know I finish the game, I'll go ahead and import my actual like team that I've like for years built up. And it's just, and like at that point, I'll then, you know, recreate, not recreate, but like I'll then breed that Pokemon into like this new game to see what changes they made, like what moves were added and whatnot. And like a lot of that for me, like a lot of like my go, like a lot of my go tos have been taken away. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be cool because I'm looking at the silver lining. I'm looking at how, um, I always complain that the end game is shallow, um, that, you know, there really isn't too much to do. And I think that's partly because I've leaned, I've, I've, I've leaned on having my Pokemon in the past that I could just pour it over and sort of like rinse and recycle and have like a good foundation. I don't have that, 
I don't, I, I have that, I, oh, I don't have that foundation anymore. Like, granted, I could still bring back, you know, other Pokemon, but for the most part, I sort of feel like I, I'm just, I'm gonna be jumping into this sort of fresh. Which, at the same time, now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't, um, renewed my Pokemon bank in like two years. So I'm pretty sure, like, whatever Pokemon were on there, they're gone. So I'm really falling down to whatever Pokemon I have left on, like, the actual cartridges and save, save files. But I don't know. I just wanted to rant about that. Like, I think I feel like you guys said what you said about this. Um, it really isn't too much more to say. Like, it's it's one of those things we sort of just have to like. This is this over. is this we have to get over like that initial shock. But once the game comes out, I'm not gonna be bitching. I'm gonna be catching them all. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's just it's it's the it's the hardcore fans right now that are really like up in arms. Yeah, but they're the loud minority, and I think it's because mm-hmm. it might be on a new engine to where they couldn't feasibly do that I to say, transfer old stuff. Are we are, are we the are we the loud minority, or are we the, like the 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 crowd that like that's like actively like still playing the games? Like I I understand like a lot of people will buy the game, they'll play it, and, like that's it. You're right. It is a a, a, a loud minority. More casual players. They're more than... casual. They're more casual fans. You're right. I'm I mean, just, that's me. I'm, like, I'm, I'm playing hurt. Pokemon I'm Go. Hurt. I'm right devastated. Now. I'm devastated, y'all. Yeah. I mean, as as a as a casual Pokemon person who's gonna pop either gonna, I'm gonna play the game, like the campaign, whatever post content they do, I'll probably I might do that and then like you know put the game down, like, and that's that's fine. I'm not gonna EV train and all the other stuff. But I, I do all that. Yeah, like, and it, oh fuck, we don't have Heracross either. I, I'm still looking at this list, and I'm seeing more Pokemon. I'm like, yo, at least I'll have this shit. He's not here. At least I'll have this person. Fuck, they're not there either. Like, we don't have and, Salamence. And maybe Metagross. I'm not. Maybe I'm not even as hurt oh because, like, I, uh, you know, because I'm a Gen One person, or Gen One and Two person. Like, I don't recognize anything outside of that, really. So. You know what's wild? We don't even have Incineroar, and he was in Smash. At least give us that. At least give us that. Mm. It's wild. Wild. But that's it, y'all. That's me just crying about Pokemon for about five minutes. <laughs> um, next up, we're going to go ahead and jump into BlizzCon. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it on to, to, to Rod and Elena. I feel like you guys are like... yeah, Y'all were on it with BlizzCon. I was sort of like sitting back popping popcorn every now and then, but I feel like y'all got the most out of this. Well, I was at work, so I was trying to catch what I can while not teaching the class and stuff like that, so I was <laughs> trying my hardest to keep up. Yeah, I mean, I think, Elena, you had me beat on on just pure knowledge, I think, but I think we should, let's start out with, and we've talked about, like, a lot of the Blizzard stuff before, like all the Hong Kong, you know, antics so we've talked about that before so we'll keep that in mind going forward but let's go ahead and start with with kind of the beginning of with the very first thing that they did which was um they issued this apology quote unquote at the opening ceremony and before the they started the opening ceremony there were protesters there in the front because uh what's his face the president of blizzard he mentioned them in the little apology before they dropped the diablo 4 trailer like he's like i respect the people outside right now um sharing or 
using their First Amendment by freedom of speech and stuff like that. So, mm. so he yeah. didn't mention them. And there was well, well, there are was you talking a picture about the, the of president. Yes, and there was someone who dressed up as Winnie the Pooh, and he was in the audience for the opening ceremony. That's magical. So the, the the apology that the the president the, so the Blizzard president came out uh, and Jay Allen Brack and he he came out and was like, hey, um, you know we want to, you know we're using the official broadcast to talk about like you know all the games that we're making and you know everything's in development right now. Like this is an exciting time. Like our games don't represent like. Or our games don't represent like our past actions or something like that. You know, like we make games to entertain and blah 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 all the all the bullshit. So, you know, he says something along the lines of, you know, we were not quick enough. Uh, we are sorry about not being quick enough on the actions uh, that we took, or or not like paying closer attention so to our actions. they reacted too quickly, and then they were slow to give out the official thing. Exactly, it was. which does not address the incident itself specifically. Nope. It doesn't it doesn't address Blitzchung. It doesn't. It, 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 They're it still banned. So are the casters. The, yeah, the casters. Um, it doesn't really. In fact, they never actually mentioned the incident by name ever. Um, in that he apology. He just mentioned Hearthstone, so, and that was it. Yeah, so it's it's very much a non-apology. That's how the whole this whole thing, their their annual convention, one of the biggest events for them throughout the year. Uh, that's how it begins with this huge non-apology. Um, it's you know they're not. It doesn't strike anybody as very apologetic. You know, there's no call to action. There's no like, hey, we're gonna re- repeal this or we're gonna change. They say like we're gonna look to the future on what we need to do better, but like with no actual. Uh, plan <laughs> or action uh yeah stated. he's very vague about it because i watched that whole thing just before we came on and he said that he knows that action speaks louder than words and so right. he was like from here on out we'll prove ourselves with our actions so it's gonna be Lies. there's gonna be some time but maybe maybe not i don't know yeah so it's yeah. all in question right now but yeah so, so far. that's so far who knows like that's it was really a weak way to kind of start that and so that it already rubbed me the wrong way a little bit um i know there's still was people first. that cheered for like during his apology like they oh just, of course like and, it's like be mad for three weeks yeah, and I'm I'm sure some of those people were plants too. I was gonna say yeah, they were plants. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they did. So on the actual like ceremony itself, we did get the WoW expansion um announced, and there was a really cool cinematic for that. Uh, that is the only thing that had a date actually out of everything that they talked about, and that'll come out in yeah. 2020. Um, and then Diablo was finally announced. Oh yeah, during it, that entire open ceremony, chat was disabled on all of the live streams. Mm. chat was dis- disabled so and they it's still disabled on youtube like oh, really? usually they'll show like the playback of uh of the stream and it says chat was disabled so mm. there is no there was no chat no free hong kong and chat wild yeah that's nothing shocks me anymore um so they we got diablo 4 a nine minute cinematic kind of introducing it i don't think they showed any gameplay on stage right i don't 
think so. I think it might have been just a cinematic just to say, sorry for not showing it last year. Yeah, basically, basically. All and of this seems a- like an apology for last year's instead of um, the apology for the Hearthstone shit, because yeah. apparently there's a Kotaku article saying that they've locked in the Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 thing in June. So all of this seems like an apology to last year's stuff, but then it just kind of seems like they only did it because of the Hearthstone shit. So Yeah, yeah. Um, they, the cinematic admittedly for Diablo 4 does look cool. It, it looks really, really nice. Um, and, you know, I am not a huge fan of CG trailers to begin with, because obviously we're not seeing what the game, it's not representative of what the game actually is, but, um, it does introduce, like, the new big bad for this franchise, and, uh, she looks pretty awesome. Um, and you, <laughs> and, uh, the gameplay itself, I did see some, some off-screen gameplay of Diablo 4, and I mean, hey, it looks like Diablo. Uh, they do make a big deal out of it being a little more colorful than other Diablos, which is weird to say. Aren't they usually like shades of red, yellow, and orange? Kind of, yeah, pretty much. But like, I guess I just didn't expect, you know, a Diablo game to be very colorful. But um, it is. I mean, you've got the barbarian, you've got the hunter. Or something, I think it's something like that. And then a druid, which I want to say is a new class for Diablo. I don't know if that was another one. Um, and a lot of people have been asking for that. Um, and that game looks cool. It looks, it looks solid. So if you're a Diablo fan, definitely check out gameplay for it. It looks nice. Now, I think the majority of our talk today is probably going to revolve around Overwatch. So they did announce Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. And this is a, they're calling it a sequel. It, what it actually seems like it is is more of an expansion. It's an expansion. But, yeah, I don't uh, know why they added a number to it. It just confused everybody. Chris, you just said that with such disdain. Just because now. we we talked about it last week, and I was like, this. I, I feel like the the best thing that they could do is put out an expansion and port everything over. And that's basically what they did, but they, yeah, they're just yeah, that's charging they're the game. They're charging sixty bucks for a new, another game. Oh, is it? Oh, if they really? charge sixty, no, no, well, okay. I don't I, think I it's going to be sixty. I, said, I take that back. I take that back. There's officially no release date. There's no price yet. But come I on, see y'all. Thirty at most. Come on, y'all. It's, it's Activision Blizzard. It, yeah, I think they're going to do like thirty or forty. Forty, I think, is going to be a little too high. But like, I think thirty is this probably is a sweet 30. spot. Because yeah. it's only 60, a story mode edition. I say they're gonna, there's gonna be a sixty dollar edition, no. but then if you, but then what I would hope is that if you already have like, no, they're not even gonna do that. They're charging sixty, no, y'all. They're I charging they're, sixty. I, I think because right if it was an expansion, if it was an expansion, then they would have totally, yeah, like thirty, maybe forty for this, you know, for the PVE stuff. Yeah. But then if you, have, yeah, you already have a regular Overwatch. You could just play the multiplayer. I, I was but, say, they, but this is Overwatch 2. Like, they're putting a number behind it. Like, yeah. this is... No, I, I, I agree. I, I think they're going to do a tier system, like you're saying, dude. I think that they're going to uh, do 60 box, and, like, they're going to discontinue, probably discontinue the, the original game. Like, you're not going to be able to buy Origins Editions any, anymore in stores. Overwatch 2 will be the only game, kind of like how Team Fortress 2 was. Um, and you... $40. Wait, say what? Right now, Overwatch is forty dollars. It's between 
twenty yeah. to forty dollars. I think I, I think they are they are, they might try to get away with sixty because it's going to be a full package with PVE plus the multiplayer in a box. If you already own Overwatch One, I think it'll be like a thirty dollar expansion like upgrade, so you get all the PVE integrated into your game because that kind of rolls into what we were going to talk about next, which is like kind of the structure of this. I mean, this conversation is good, and I don't want to get too far away from it because I think the the idea of what a sequel is. Uh, is interesting, like versus an expansion. So I think we should come back to that. But what they're gonna do is uh, Overwatch the multiplayer is is staying the same. So it is it is the component that it, that is Overwatch is the multiplayer part of this. What they're working on uh, as new content is uh, PVE. So all of the events once a year that we got like from the archive uh, the overwatch archives events uh where you did like you know uh tower defense stuff you did like story missions where you kind of move through familiar maps but like in a different way different time of day things like that um you teamed up with like three other people to kind of do this like it that's it's gonna be that the game basically um and it it wasn't really made clear to me like how different it's gonna be like i'm not sure if it's gonna be like five or six hours of like basically retribution like that's a one of the events in overwatch or if they're going to divvy it up in any sort of like you know noticeable fashion like there's tons of pve gameplay out there to watch um but elena do you want to kind of talk about a little bit of like what is different in the pve versus the pvp it seems like there's more um enemy variation because that's what this current like all the current um events suffer from they're all the same except for like uprising we're gonna have a sniper and a heavy but there's not really much variation beyond that and um it seems like there's like the perks or i won't say perk like you upgrade certain parts like you can upgrade tracers blink her uh rewind pulse bomb other stuff like that so there's that aspect but yeah like i mean it's interesting because like you're able to customize the abilities right um Mm -hmm. so like for example reinhardt his ultimate is a shatter that is in one direction um but now in the pve mode he has his his ability his shatter actually hits in a 360 degree angle so or uh or like kind of like a in a, a radius so like you know, it hits everything around him instead of just kind of what's in front of him. And so that can combine into some interesting uh, mechanics and, and ha- maybe have you utilize that ultimate in a different way. Um, I was, was going to say that the best way of thinking about this is if Overwatch turned into a MOBA. Uh, not no, really. no, 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 hear me out, hear me out, hear okay. me out, hear me out. All right, so I, I did have a chance to watch um someone play, like, the uh, PBE, and... Was it Seagull like, or XQC? XQC. And, uh, like, when he, like, right before he started, you know, he was able to, like, choose, like, you know, one ability, like, one perk, and from what it looks like, it looks like, like, the further along you go into the PBE, the more, I guess, you're able to unlock, right? And sort of like I in it was a, just in a, the that ability, like make it like better. Well, no, I thought it was like you you have a choice of one or two things. You could either cho- like for Reinhardt, for example, you could either choose where his fire strike once it uh, hit an object, it exploded and did tick damage, 
or you could pick the um ability where when you do damage with his uh hammer, the more hits that you do, the faster your swings go. So I feel like you have like choices on those tiers and I guess once you either pick a new character or once you play uh you do another level, like that starts over. Is that is that not how it, it it's is you know it works? I thought you could be able to unlock unlock all of it as you progress, like you get more experience or whatever. That's what I thought they were going for. That's what I thought. I mean, I maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's yeah. kind of what I thought. Did they? Um, all right, so here's here's my question: Did they formally like give us information on the stuff, or did they just say, "Hey, here's gameplay," and that's it? I bet you they've explained it in the panel that wasn't live to people who, like, the people that paid for the all-access pass and stuff like that. Mm. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of that information... I don't know. That's that's still a lot of misinformation. A lot of... Okay, so... It's it's, it's weird that I saw that and I immediately put the two and two together. But then when I said it to you guys, y'all were like, wait, what the fuck is this guy talking about? What about being a mother? It was about like just like the uh, like the um just the mechanic of like when you choose a character and you have like these abilities you can only choose one or the other for each like tier level. Oh yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I I, I no. assumed that it was something that I thought honestly I, th- I thought it was something you worked up towards because I thought I was watching a video uh, from uh, some U- uh, YouTube channel who like was at the event and played through it and they mentioned that it was something that you accrued but. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, but regardless, I mean, regardless of how you actually execute it, like, I mean, I think the fact that it's there is really cool, and that does not transfer over to PvP. That's also an important distinction. A lot of people may have thought that it did, but it, it does not. Like, Reinhardt Shatter is still only going to hit what is in front of you in PvP. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's cool because it's allowing the characters to kind of thrive in a different way than what they normally could. So it's going to give you a fresh experience like outside of the normal competitive environment. Like, which I think is neat. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean... People have been begging for a story mode. Like, there could be a really good story there, but no one's going to go out of their way to read the comic books that they've been posting and stuff like that. Only the diehards and the shippers of the characters will go and look for that information. No one that just plays it will competitively or in quick play or whatever is going to go and look for that story. Well, I think, I think it's cool too, because you know, you'll get to play characters that like you don't get to normally play as because so, so often you're trying to build around a certain team or a meta or, or some dumb shit and like you don't get to play like Widowmaker or Symmetra or Torb or whatever as like as long as much as you want to sometimes and you're like kind of pressured into playing something else so Genji. I think or, or Genji you're right like you know I suck at Genji but like I will happily play him during any sort of event because there's like no stakes really you know like it's for it's for fun um and and that is that to me is part of the appeal as well is that I get to like really diversify my character set um and 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 mess around in a way that I don't normally get to so that that in itself is very exciting Chris you mentioned that like there's a lot of misinformation I kind of want to go back to that because most people said that they were very confused about how this game 
was going to work, but to me it made crystal clear sense. Like, I think last week when we talked about it, we were a little confused, obviously, because we didn't have, like, official, like, we didn't have a visual for any of this, but, I mean, do you feel that way now? Do you feel like it's still kind of confusing, or, like, or do you think... No, 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 it's crystal clear. They're gonna charge us $60. Oh my god. (laughs) $60 for PvE, and then they're just gonna have... No, it's gonna be 40 No, no, it's gonna be like what they did with Destiny 2. With like you know, bringing your your guardian over, you're gonna bring your your profile over from Overwatch one, and they're, they're gonna charge you another sixty dollars. So I wonder I'm, how they're gonna find that out if you bought it digital or uh, physically. What do you mean? Like for console players, like what happens if you bought that game physically? Do you still get that discount or? No, we can charge you sixty dollars. What do you mean? Oh my god. So okay. I, I'm I'm not talking specifically about the price. I mean literally the other like you know any other aspect because we were talking. So Elena and I were talking like around the reveal of this, and I felt like you know we were trying to communicate to each other like what the game was like in terms of you know hey the multiplayer will be available like to it's, everyone. But it's over. It's Overwatch one with PVE. That's what that's what this game is, that's, right? That's what this. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. That's what it is. But people, and I'm not, I'm not saying you, Eli. I'm talking like, like like generally here. Like people were not understanding that. Like, and it was, and I was because they're, because they're hoping that that Activision Blizzard is gonna like have some sort of like you know thirty dollar upgrade or some sort of like expansion. No, y'all, listen. $60. They're making really? you rebuy the same game. It's going to be fun. I'm still going to do it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh my God. It's still going to happen. But I'm just letting y'all know that's what's going to happen. 60 bucks. Yeah. All right. Cl- clip it now. And then in three years later, whenever it comes out, and that's the whole we'll see thing. who's right. You have no idea when this is coming out. Yeah. That's what really confused me the most of, like, why would they announce these two things when there's, like, no release date whatsoever? I, I don't know. Like, they gave, they gave out all this information, and all they did was give a price point, but no date. You are really convinced they are just twirling their mustache here. They are. (laughs) They are. (laughs) Um, Because I bet you this whole expansion thing, was an actual expansion that they were working on, but I feel like they their their hands were pushed to because last year last year at BlizzCon we're all like, where are the new games? Like you know where's Diablo? Where's you know this that and the third? And they they're, like, right. they're like mobile games like, rather than right. actual games. They're like all right, bet you want games? Here's your Diablo four. Here's your Overwatch two. Here's your World of Warcraft. We didn't say when it's coming out, but here are your games. I feel Quit like asking. So, I mean, I don't know, like, part of me does see that, and part of me does see, like, the the cynical nature of, of that, because, I, look, they the fact of the matter is, Blizzard said a long time ago, like, when Overwatch first came out, they were like, we are never going to charge anything, any DLC for Overwatch, it's all going to be free from here on out, and, like, a few months later, they went, oh, fuck like they have to like actually like you know like you said they had their kind of hands tied i think like in that regard so i think by releasing this calling it overwatch 2 like they've got to deliver the good so i i do think that it's cool and admirable that they were trying that they're going to merge 
the multiplayer, I do think that that's a good decision. And Jeff Kaplan was out there saying, like, that was a fight. Like, that was something that they, he had to fight for. So not splitting the pit player base is great. And, and the fact that you don't have to um, buy into Overwatch 2 to get all the PvE or PvP stuff, that's awesome. Like, I think that is is cool so i mean if you buy this you're really only buying it for the pve which at that point i mean you're buying in willingly like it's not like that's being forced upon you like you can still play overwatch 2 and while only owning overwatch 1 because all of the heroes all the maps all of that stuff that they're creating for overwatch 2 and by the way it seems like they're making multiple maps and multiple heroes for release of overwatch 2 so they're not just going to have like the same roster that's going to have like the same roster like all 30 plus heroes plus like you know four or five maybe six more heroes uh, six might be a little generous but like four ish he three or four heroes um at launch like in addition to everybody else so like you're getting plus engine all... update and ui update right exactly like you're getting all of that in here so i think that and part of it get, is cool. and we're finally finally getting African American female. Yes. Hero. Yes. It, it, For the it's too second long. game, they're not yeah. even gonna release her. Yeah. Too too long. Too long, honestly. Um. What else? But, um. And I really like the redesigns of the original skins for some of those characters. Like Lucio too. looks pretty sick. I love Mercy. Yeah, she Mercy looks, looks awesome. Good. Tracer looks really good. I like Genji's. Um hoodie like sweatpants style that he's got going on it looks really nice yeah like i i saw a lot of people kind of uh deriding like a lot of the updates in that regard but i actually thought it was really sweet like i I thought a lot of that was great and let's talk about just really quickly that cinematic oh my god so i watched i sat down and watched like all of them in a row so like the story so far which Oh man, something about Overwatch music just like gets me, man. It just gets me. And something about like that story of hope and optimism, like it just gets me going. Obviously, you know, the irony coming from Blizzard, you know, I, it's not, it's, it's not lost <laughs> upon me, but like it's still, it works despite that. Um, yeah. and yeah, and I love the story cutscene for it. We get to see like five of our hero, like uh, favorite heroes kind of like together and working. And the fact that it does not take place in the past, I thought it totally would. I thought that this was totally going to take place somewhere in the past. This is a full blown Overwatch has been initiated sequel. And I think that is fucking cool. So yeah. that, that's awesome. I can't wait to see what they do with that. And where are some of these characters line up too? I'm, I'm very interested. Um, and yeah, like all the dialogue, one, one thing that did strike me too about Overwatch, uh, 2 is that they, uh, one of, one of the YouTube videos I was watching, they were saying how like they compared a lot of the, the banter, like in mission, they were like, Hey, you remember in like when Overwatch first released and you know, the story was kind of slight. We didn't know too much about it, but like you got some of the story from like bits of dialogue that they would say, like in the waiting rooms between each other and how everybody thought that was so cool. I remember I said that like back in the day as well, just like being fascinated and wanting just, I was, I was just pouring over every little detail I could and they're saying that the PVE stuff is like a hundred times that. Like it's just it's that all the time, and that's very exciting to me. Um, I can't wait to see some of these characters interact with each other in that way. Mm-hmm. And I hope Echo is another flying character because the only one that actually like flies con- 
the only one that flies constantly is Farah. Everybody right. else, they're either jumping or it's just a boost in the air. Fl- Farah can actually fly, so I hope Echo is the same. So Farah can have some, like, some actual, like... Like a uh, hard counter or something. Yeah, a hard counter or an actual, like, air-to-air combat rather than, oh, we need a hit scan for this Farah. Right, right. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I think that there's no doubt in my mind that Echo's gonna show up. She was in the, um, she was in the McCree, uh, cinematic, which I just saw for the first time, like, last week. I had, I don't know how I hadn't seen that yet, but oh, I had. Oh, really? No, yeah, I had not seen that before. Um, I don't know how I missed it, but it was really cool. Um, so the fact that she's in that and, you know, obviously in the, in the cinematic for Overwatch 2, I think is cool. So. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm exci- I'm actually, I'm genuinely like, kind of, kind of stoked for for this game. It's Overwatch is one of my, it is my most played game of this generation. Um, I've put over a, I put a lot of time in that game. Let's just put put it like that. I think I have um, like at least over a thousand hours in total. I'll let you say it. I'll let you say it. But um, I have a lot of time in this game, and I'm I'm interested to see what they do. Um, I'm not letting Blizzard off the hook for all the shitty things that the the higher ups have done. Um, yeah, but... it's only the higher ups. People need to quit like dogging the devs and stuff like that. It's it's a higher up decision. It was not a dev. It was yeah. not a QA person that did this. Yeah, it's not as simple as like, oh, Blizzard as a company as a whole is just complete ass and da 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 da, da. And like everybody there is awful. No, I mean there were tons of like internal uh, protests and discomfort mm-hmm. um, and, and just it, there was a lot of people uh, who were not happy with this uh, with this decision. That said, you know, obviously, you know, that does not excuse, uh, you know, the their actions like the, the higher ups like so we should always like kind of keep that in mind as well. But yeah, I'm like really excited to see what uh, Jeff Kaplan and the team over on Overwatch uh, is is going to do with this game. And then the Overwatch World Cup. Yeah, let's talk that about that was, really quickly. That was really bad. Um, there was a fire alarm that got pulled during, I think, the group stages during that. And um, there's quite a few Overwatch World Cup teams that couldn't even make it to California because they stopped funding them. Like, I think after the first World Cup, they kind of backed off on funding teams for them to come. And then some teams could barely make it, and they were able to actually go to, um, like, GoFundMe and stuff like that, just trying to raise money to get to California. And the casters, they didn't have any, like, real direction, like... You know how Overwatch League is very structured and stuff like that? This was, like, very just nonchalant, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the, uh... What else? Like... And some teams, they barely had any time. Like, some teams didn't have enough time to practice or do their boot boot camp stuff. Like, one of the reasons why... Other teams were able to defeat, like, South Korea being, like, reigning champs for two years running up until this year because, like, they didn't have enough time to practice. Like, whatever was going on, they didn't have time to practice, and that's why the U.S. was able to win. Not Well, they also had really good players, but they had time to practice, and some others didn't. 
yeah, pretty interesting to see a United States team win Overwatch and not like a Korean team. It's that was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then you wanted to give a quick shout out to the Hearthstone player, right? Yeah, it was Hearthstone's first female winner. Do we have I her think... name? No, I didn't. I didn't catch the name. We'll have to look but, that up. Yeah, she she won at the Grandmasters uh thing. I don't follow Hearthstone at all. I just saw that in the news saying like first female to win a or to win Hearthstone. So I was like, oh cool. But yeah. overall, the BlizzCon thing it it was mostly positive, despite the protests that was happening outside of the convention. Mm. So yeah, it's kind of weird to see people go really mad on the internet for three weeks and then jumping into BlizzCon being all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Oh, her name is VK Lion. Lion yes. with like three O's. She is a she is a Chinese player. Yeah. Um. So she's the she's the first woman to uh, win a Hearthstone Grandmasters uh, event, but mm-hmm. uh, she's also the first woman to ever to win a BlizzCon final. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so, what it was. Yeah, so pretty impressive. And a 3-0 victory as well, looks like. Oof. The dude so got just, stomped. Yeah, stomped. Stomped out. Um, huh. Yeah, she, she seems like she's gone through some stuff, too. Um, of course, like... You know, and that's unfortunate, but I'm glad that, you know, she, she is able to succeed. That's, that's awesome. I want to see more of that. Excellent. All right. So that was BlizzCon, I think. We can, uh, probably wrap it up here. Woohoo. Y'all. We did it. Y'all. What? $60. All right. Oh it's time my to wrap God. it up. All right. Time to wrap it up. $60. Time to wrap it up. Nope. I already <laughs> said clip it and then save it for later. But with that, guys, episode 37 in the bag. We're going to roll out the red carpet for Elena. What you got for us? Where can we find you? Any shout-outs? Any shout-outs? I don't really have any shout-outs right now. I wanted to stream Outer uh, Outer Worlds, but then I was just like, no, I'm just going to play by myself. See, I gotta get better at that, because same thing with me, and then I was like, you know what, at least I could record it, and I didn't feel like like plugging up, like fixing, like, I had an issue with my capture card, and I just didn't feel like fixing it, but next game, I got y'all. Or you can use one of the playthroughs of Outer Worlds and be like, either the really dumb brute that takes all the, uh, the flaws, like, just try to fuck up your game as much as possible. I'm, that would be I'm interesting good. to watch. I'm gonna buy World War Z on Black Friday for fifteen dollars, so we should stream that maybe. Okay, I'm down for that. Yeah. Was that the Leopard Dead? Not yeah, bad. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fifteen dollars at Target. I'm gonna buy it. Target, like in store or online? Because I ain't fighting people for this stuff. Uh, it's probably online. Hopefully. Yeah. Everything online. This. But Ryan, what you got for us? Um, I'm going to say definitely play Outer Wilds. I said that last week, too, but I'm saying it again this week because that game is incredible and I cannot stop thinking about it. And I can't stop. I really, Chris, I, I hope that you, well, you gave it a shot. But if you do go back to it one day, like, I, I hope that you do because I would love to, like, just sit down and talk with you about it because I, I can't, 
I don't know anyone in my actual life who has played that game, so like I, <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm dying to talk about it with somebody, somebody, um, anybody, and I, you know I can't, so that's unfortunate. But but yeah, somebody out there go play Outer Wilds, and while you do, um, you could always tell me about it. That should I play that fan mail at gmail.com? Yeah, go ahead and shoot shoot us a mail, shoot us a comment, share the content, share the love. Play video games, guys. Peace out. Stay beastly. And that's it, y'all. Yay. It's not going to be 60. It's going to be 40. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Calling it now, 60. Uh